Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome into the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host, Kyle Ireland. Happy to have you guys along for the ride as we discuss the locals in the NFL and their performances from the fourth week of the 2020 NFL season. Today I want to discuss some of those performances. We also want to talk a little bit about the 2021 NFL Draft. We're going to have SB Nation's Cam Meller join the program to discuss a BYU quarterback. Yep, that's right. Zach Wilson is now being discussed as a potential first-round draft pick. We'll talk to Cam about why Zach Wilson is an NFL-caliber quarterback, what he has to do, if anything, to prove that he is that potential draft pick, that first-round pick maybe in the 2021 NFL Draft. And then we're also going to talk about some of the big news and notes from the NFL because it's been a pretty crazy week as far as you know the effects of COVID-19 on the league. You know, games that have been pushed, postponed, canceled, you know, team facilities that have shut down, all that and more is going to be discussed on this episode of the Yards After College podcast. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You know, I use Pocket Cast. It doesn't really matter, though, where you get your podcast. If you search Yards After College podcast, you should be able to find us. You can also download the KSL Sports app. We've got a brand new app out. You can download that for your Android device. If you have an iOS device, iPad, iPhone, you can download that from the App Store as well. Just search KSL Sports. You can use that to not only you know view our recent stories, all the headlines and news and notes of the day from the teams that you care about most in the state of Utah, as well as national stories that we'll have on the site. But you can also use the app to listen to all of our podcasts, whether it be a podcast that you care about, like the Yards After College podcast, or, you know, say you're a BYU fan or a Utah fan, you can tune into the Cougar Tracks podcast, the Crimson Corner podcast for you Utah fans out there. If you're a Utah State fan, the Scotsman's available for you. So we've got everything covered for you on kslsports.com and also on the KSL Sports Podcast Network as well. If you haven't done so already, also follow me on Twitter at Kyle Ireland and then on Instagram at Kyle Ireland KSL. And be sure to follow KSL Sports on social media at KSL Sports. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We've even got a TikTok. So you can access KSL Sports on your mobile device, on your desktop, wherever is most convenient for you. But let's get started off today. We're going to kick off the show with our instant replay for week number four of the 2020 NFL season. Starting things off on this week's instant replay, former BYU defensive back and now Los Angeles Chargers cornerback Michael Davis had six total tackles, four solo tackles, and a pass breakup in the Chargers' 38-31 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the highlight of that game for Davis and the Chargers was when Michael Davis picked off 
Tom Brady. He took the interception back to the house, went 78 yards for his first career pick six, first NFL touchdown. Congratulations to Michael Davis on the house call in that game against the Buccaneers. Big game by former BYU running back and now Green Bay Packer running back Jamal Williams. Williams ran the ball eight times in the Packers' 30-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons, but he only picked up 10 yards on the ground. However, in the receiving game, Williams ended up having eight catches for 95 yards, a career-high receiving for Jamal Williams in a 14-point win. The Packers are now 4-0 on the season. Sad news coming out of the San Francisco 49ers organization, former BYU defensive end and now San Francisco 49ers defensive end, Ezekiel Ziggy Ansa. Ansa unfortunately ended up suffering an injury during the 49ers 25-20 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was determined after an MRI that he tore a bicep and he will need season-ending surgery. Best of luck to Ziggy. Hopefully his recovery goes well. It seems like he's, you know, really caught that injury bug throughout the last few seasons. So hopefully he can get back and healthy. I don't know if this is, you know, the end of his career or not in the NFL. Uh, Hopefully for him and, you know, fans of the NFL, fans of the 49ers and of BYU, you know, we can see Ziggy back on the NFL field again soon. Former Utah Utes wide receiver and now Denver Broncos standout Tim Patrick had six catches for a career-high 113 yards and a score in the Broncos' 37-28 win over the New York Jets. It was the first win of the season for the Broncos, a career day for Tim Patrick. Congratulations to him as he caught his second touchdown in as many weeks for the Broncos. Former Utah safety and now Indianapolis Colts safety Julian Blackman really has been thrown into the spotlight on the Colts secondary on their defense after some injuries really took a toll on the Colts depth. Julian Blackman was thrown into the starting lineup a couple weeks ago after missing the first game of the season and now Julian Blackman has just been performing lights out for the Colts. He ended up having one tackle, an interception, and three pass breakups in the Colts' 19-11 win over the Chicago Bears. It was Blackman's first career interception. Congratulations to Julian Blackman, not only on that interception, but now the Colts are 3-1 on the season. Former Bingham High School star and standout tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, Dalton Schultz ended up having his second touchdown of the season for the Cowboys in their 49-38 loss to the Cleveland Browns. He also had four catches for 72 yards. That'll do it for this week's instant replay for our locals in the NFL. We're going to take a quick break on the Yards After College podcast, and after the break, we will be joined by the one and only Cam Miller of SB Nation to discuss BYU quarterback Zach Wilson and whether or not Zach is a first-round draft pick. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. 
I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. Happy to be joined now by somebody that I've followed for a while now, uh, college football analyst and expert, all things prep before the NFL. And his name is Cam Miller. Cam is a, is a college football expert. Uh, he's now an editor and writer for SB Nation. And he's one that, you know, was early on the, uh, the Zach Wilson trail, BYU's quarterback. And now, you know, three games into the uh, college football season, Zach Wilson's starting to get some NFL hype. And I wanted to have Cam on to touch on that because he's, he's followed Zach Wilson's career throughout, you know, his time at BYU since his freshman season. Cam, how are you doing today? Welcome aboard to the Yards After College podcast. I'm doing great. Probably better than most in the country at this point in terms of uh, the profession I'm in. So couldn't, uh, couldn't be disappointed if I tried with uh, sort of how the first three games of Zach's 2020 season have gone, the BYU season, but also just in general uh, for the players that I sort of advocate for and talk about. It's, it's been a great year so far, all things considered. Well, 2020 has been a crazy year. It's been an up and down year for, for some. And, you know, I, I look at this, uh, the fact that we have college football one and NFL two is pretty impressive to me with everything that's happened throughout this pandemic and whatnot. And you've got BYU led by Zach Wilson, you know, three and O to start the season. They're facing a UTSA team coming up uh, that, you know, BYU is heavily favored in. So they're, you know, probably going to be four and O and they're on this track to, you know, Zach being talked about as an NFL pick. Uh, he was recently listed as a first round draft pick in a mock draft by CBS sports. Uh, I put out a piece on KSL sports about that earlier in the week. And uh, I just, I wanted to have you on because you've, like I mentioned, you know, been a fan of Zach Wilson for a while now. What first drew you to Zach's game? What caught your eye about Zach Wilson early on in his college career? Yeah, it's it's sort of simple. It dates back to the Western Michigan game in 2018. Anytime you go 18 for 18 in a game, you know, I, I look at it a little bit closer. And when I looked at it a little bit closer, you realize that Zach has those uncoachable traits. You know, you can coach. You always hear you say you can't coach size. You can't coach speed. Well, You've noticed you can coach speed. You can't really coach size. So Zach, not only, you know, he stands as the prototypical quarterback in terms of height, you can add a little bit of weight or muscle, but honestly, like he has the things that you can't coach. And the main thing that I think you can't coach that Zach has that NFL quarterbacks need is accuracy to every level of the field. And these weren't just dink and dunk check down third option, you know, passes he was making. He was making passes 10, 19, 20 yards down the field. And they're accurate as accurate can be. I mean, these are balls that he's putting on, receivers frames on their hands away from coverage and so it's moments like that that I saw early in his career that you know I was like wow man this kid not only does he have an arm but he knows when to take something off of it and so to see the accuracy throughout the years and now it's just completely extrapolated to this 2020 three game small sample size but that's what makes him so good and it has made him so good in my opinion we're just now seeing it on you know, what is this national stage? And now all of a sudden, you know, the draft analysts are saying, okay, he's eligible. Let's maybe look a little bit closer. I have the luxury and the freedom to, you know, look at any quarterback and any player for that matter across the country. It doesn't just have to be draft eligible to highlight them. And so to be, I mentioned to you too, to be vindicated, so to speak, and calling him, I mean, I said a 10 plus year NFL starter, not even just draft picks. So that's where I'm at with Zach Wilson. I'm 
I'm about as high as anybody can be on him. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about Zach Wilson, I want to say it was, you know, a year ago or so now as he was entering his sophomore season. And last year, he had those injuries. And, you know, he was coming off of a shoulder surgery in the offseason. Clearly didn't have the arm strength that he had his freshman season a year ago. But then he also had the hand injury. And so he, he kind of fought through that all the way through, you know, BYU's bowl game last year. But he looks like a completely different quarterback now. How have you seen him progress from his freshman season until now? Is it mechanically? Is it just his decision-making? What, what made it so that he's off to such an efficient start to his junior season? It's the upperclassman leap, so to speak. You know, you definitely can watch in the games last year in the 2019 season that the, the injury was definitely there. It was hampering him. I also think the I need to be Superman was there. You know, I, I don't like to put a lot of mental issues or mental sort of strain on a, on a, any, any sort of quarterback or any player performance. But when you have to go be Superman and you play that stretch of games they did last year, I don't think any team has, has had to do that for a BYU team, knowing you're going to go face four P5 teams and, and fare as well as they did with him coming off. So, I mean, everything was stacked against Zach last year. And that's what made me sort of look at it from even last year, the nine picks obviously seemed like such a big deal, but seven of those were not his fault. There was three that the receivers ran a wrong route, three that were dropped. And another one where the receiver just literally tripped before the ball got to where it was supposed to be. So a lot of things were not necessarily as bad as the box score might've seemed. And so this year it's that it's the box score also indicates what you're looking at when you actually see him. So this is where you're getting everybody sort of jumping on the Zach Wilson hype train. It's that year three, the upperclassman leap. He realizes that, you know, an intentional throwaway out of bounds is much better than forcing a ball into tight coverage or forcing the ball to, you know, a receiver who's covered. He's making those receivers who are covered. He's throwing them open with his balls. Now it's, it's the maturity level. It's things that again, you can coach, but they're not usually going to get as an 18, 19 year old kids. So you have Zach as this upperclassman now as a junior making the smarter throws, the better decisions and the throws that he knows he can make with a fully healthy arm. I saw you chime in on Twitter. Uh, ESPN's Anish Shroff compared that leap that you talked about, that upperclassman leap. He compared it to Joe Burrow from 2018 to 2019 with Zach Wilson from 2019 to now in 2020. And you said that this is an accurate assessment. You know, kind of allude about that. The fact is, you know, Joe Burrow went number one overall. He's clearly performing well for the Cincinnati Bengals in the first four weeks of the NFL season. I'm interested because, you know, that's high praise. I mean, we're talking about the number one overall pick. We're talking about a national champion, an undefeated season as a senior, the Heisman winner. That's some, you know, lofty comparisons. What makes it an accurate assessment to Joe Burrow in that leap? Yeah, it's funny. I actually said the same thing about a Joe Burrow-esque leap. So maybe maybe I'm hopeful that Anish is listening to me, but I doubt it. I think it just happens to be a sort of a coincide timeline here. I think what when I said it, that it is a – it's an accurate statement to say he's got the Joe Burrow-esque leap is the fact that Burrow entered 2019 as this undraftable, highly touted freshman or, you know, highly touted recruit, I guess is the way to put it. OSU, great pedigree, you know, never really lived up to it. He was a, you know, maybe a day three late round flyer or most likely an undrafted free agent quarterback coming out of the draft at in the start of 2019. And now, he fast forward past two, three games last year. The Texas game sort of really put him on the map. And Burrow had that leap from undrafted guy at the beginning of the year to first round pick. And you're looking at Zach is the exact same way. 
these draft pundits, draft guys did not have Zach on their list because they figured, oh, it's a BYU junior. He'll be back. He's not really shown anything. He had nine interceptions last year, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, though, Zach, one person says it. You start looking at it. He's got these crazy good numbers. And the draft analysts are looking at it now and saying, oh, wow, this kid actually is a first rounder. And that's, that's where I think the, you know, the Joe Burrow-esque leap needs to be put into context in that regard, in the sense that not really talking about him before the season, three games in, we're talking about him as a first-round player. So a three-game resume or a short game, a short stretch of a season resume to put you into that, vault you into that top first-round quarterback conversation is where I think that leap or that uh, the Joe Burrow leap is, is accurate. Now looking ahead to the 2021 NFL draft, you've got, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who since his freshman season has been talked about as a potential number one overall pick. You've also got Ohio State with Justin Fields. How does Zach Wilson compare to those other top quarterbacks, the, you know, top three or four quarterbacks that have been kind of in the the mock drafts consistently over the last year or so leading into this, you know, 2021 NFL draft? Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence has done everything he's needed to so far to cement himself as that. I don't think that there's any knocking this kid just because of the fact that he's 20 years old, 6'6", and everything that you want in a leader on a, as a quarterback position. I'm not saying Zach can't be those, but you know the intangibles and arm strength. But I think Zach is every bit as good as either one of those two guys, if I'm being completely honest. So I'd put him right now with a three-game stretch, and you, you look at it against Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, okay, I'd probably say QB three. I would have said before the year that Brock Purdy was probably quarterback three in the draft, but I have no issue now after Purdy struggled and we've seen a regression and he's not taken the upperclassman leap instead of, you know, he's got a junior slump bird Purdy does. So you're looking at, I have no issue saying Zach's the third best quarterback and sitting in like the early teens for a draft pick in the first round this year. So Another, you know, quarterback that has not faced, you know, significant competition because I feel like that that's the knock on BYU and Zach Wilson right now. People look at their first three games. It's not the original schedule of power five teams that they were originally going to play in 2020. And now they're playing, you know, a Navy team that looks like they're on the down year or, you know, Troy and Louisiana Tech that aren't, you know, the Utahs and the Michigan States of the world. And then you've got North Dakota State's quarterback, Trey Lance, who's, you know, playing against a lower level of competition, but putting up ridiculous numbers. What makes it so that Trey Lance has an advantage in, you know, the NFL, you know, mock drafts or, you know, scout size that Zach Wilson wouldn't by putting up, you know, big numbers against probably better competition than what an FCS school is going to do? Oh, he absolutely has done that before. And I sort of wanted to squash that on Twitter the other day when Trey Lance finally announced that he was, you know, only going to play that showcase game this year and was going to opt out. So he's got one good year against FCS competition and his lone bad game came against the only team that I would put in FBS conversation. That was James Madison. So I, you look at it and you say, if, if anybody's going to look and say Trey Lance is an NFL draft quarterback, then you absolutely have to say Zach Wilson is leaps and bounds above Trey Lance because what they both offer Wilson is so far ahead, so far advanced and has the moxie and everything else that you would want for a quarterback. So if you're going to say that Trey Lance is a good quarterback and you're just going to forget the fact that he's played FCS teams, you look at it and you say Zach Wilson is better than Trey Lance because in my opinion, a lot of what a quarterback does, it does not matter the defense that's on the field. Obviously you want them playing good defenses to show you they can, but at that point, NFL throws are NFL throws, and there's going to be decent coverage on certain plays. There's going to be, you know, shoddy coverage or coverage breaks on others, and you want them to sort of expose those holes. And I think that's what Zach's done. And I guess Trey Lance did the same thing as well. You know, you make those NFL throws where they're 
throwing them into coverage and throwing your receivers open or throwing across the middle of the field between the hashes 20 yards down the field. Those are, you know, NFL level throws that Zach sort of throws on the regular. And I've seen a few Trey Lance throws, but I have seen a lot more from Zach. So if you want to say Trey Lance is a good NFL draft prospect, you absolutely have to have Zach Wilson above him on your rankings. It's pretty crazy. You talk about BYU as, you know, in the glory days, the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s, it was quarterback U. I mean, they had a number of guys that went to the NFL. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, the modern era, so to speak. The last BYU quarterback drafted was in 2007. It was John Beck, who was taken in the second round by the the Miami Dolphins. I, I look at Zach Wilson and I'm like, you know, all of these mock drafts coming out now, uh, I, I wonder, you know, is, is he going to leave early? Do you think that he's going to leave early after his junior season if, if he maintains that grade? I, you've got the, the, you know, waiver of essentially, you know, no eligibility taken this season in 2020. So he could come back as a junior again next season, play against those power teams. Is it just essentially that, you know, a first-round first draft grade gets Wilson to say, hey, you know what, I'm taking off now? Or, you know, if it's a second-day grade, you know, third round or something like that does he stay you know another year at BYU it's hard for me to to say anything other than absolutely you you leave I mean if you how small the window is to play in the NFL if that's the ultimate dream now you know Zach could have another dream and his dream could be to beat Utah so absolutely he would then come back next year and then it's crazy to think about you could also have Zach in 2022 now, that's a pipe dream for me as a college football analyst because I sort of don't necessarily cover the NFL. I will cover whatever team that goes to, though, in the NFL when that day comes. That's just a little side note. But I, I think, you know, part of my job is, is highlighting these players, but also the main thing that I do is or that I like to do is advocate for these student athletes. And so if I were to have an honest conversation with Zach Wilson and say, hey, you have a first-round grade from X, Y, and Z. You got to go now. Strike while the iron's hot. Go while you're in NFL, while you're on the draft radar. Don't come back to hurt your chances at this point. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, I would say that if he's got a first-round grade, or if he's got you know multiple entities saying he should or could go in the first round or early day two, I absolutely would believe uh, that he'd be best suited and probably would leave after after the junior year. One uh, one more thing about you know him leaving and potentially being a first-round pick. Have you seen anything, you know, from maybe other colleagues or people you've talked to about Zach's game where, you know, they want to see a little something more? Or has he, you know, clearly shown you everything that you need to see from him in order to be a first-round, you know, draft pick? Does he have anything else that you'd like to see, you know, throughout the remainder of BYU's schedule this year? Uh, to be honest, that's probably another reason why I would tell him to leave after this year, too, because no, I haven't seen anything. I saw enough even last year battling through everything he battled through uh, to say it. So that's why this is sort of like a victory lap. This entire 2020 season is like a victory lap for me, but also for Zach, because I think when it actually came time to it, he likely would have been drafted. Whether they had this 2020 season or not, he would have had a draftable grade uh, going into this next year's draft anyways. So I don't need to see anything else. I would love to see him continue to put on, you know, the show he's put on this national show that everybody starts talking about, because you could look at, you know, if he does, then you're talking about cracking the top 10, cracking the top five, even uh, and having three quarterbacks taken within the first five or six picks in this draft class. If, if Zach keeps it up. All right, Cam, I know, I know you're not focused heavily on the NFL, but last question for you before I set you loose, you know, based off of what you've seen, you know, throughout these first four weeks of the NFL season, is there a landing spot that you like for Zach, you know, a team that you think, I mean, 
the CBS mock draft had him going to the Saints with the uh, late first round pick, which is interesting because the Saints have Taysom Hill there already. And there's, you know, been a little bit of a, a quarterback carousel there as far as, you know, whether Jameis Winston's the backup or is Taysom Hill, Sean Payton's heir apparent for Drew Brees. I'm interested to know where you think, based off of your knowledge so far of the NFL season, where you'd like to see Zach end up in the league. So uh, mid-teens, late-teens, early-20s, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is uh, – honestly, I think it would be an ideal fit because if you look at it, Brady's – Tom Brady's got another year in his contract after this season. They're likely – they look to be getting a little bit better. The defense is young, very, very good. You don't have to do a lot on the defense this offseason. You can get some offensive linemen. You can get Zach Wilson – you can get some more weapons too. secure some of those younger weapons, keep Mike Evans on board, keep Chris Godwin uh, and have Zach Wilson play behind Tom Brady for a year. I don't think there's anybody better besides maybe Aaron Rodgers to play behind for a year, but since they already have Jordan Love, no need to go there. Absolutely. Zach Wilson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let him sit behind Brady and then go to the quarterback guru. That is Bruce Arians. If you look at some of the guys that have had their career years under Arians, that's just a, he's a quarterback dream in terms of who you want as your coach. So that is an ideal fit, not only for me as a personnel standpoint, but also, uh, you know, was a lifelong or, uh, you know, season ticket holder for the Bucks growing up and still happen to be wearing my Bucks shirt as we speak. So uh, yeah, personal, personnel fit, but also personal fit is Zach Wilson to the Bucks. I like it. I like it a lot. I, uh, I'm interested to see where he ends up. Uh, you can follow Cam's work, not only on Zach Wilson, but all things college football. He's an expert. He's an analyst for the game. You can find his work on SB Nation. You can also follow him. He's the founder of Sixth Year Sports. Uh, be sure to check out Cam's work and follow him on Twitter at Cam Meller, M-E-L-L-O-R. Thank you so much, Cam. Appreciate you taking some time to talk about Zach today. Hey, anytime you want to talk about Zach, I'm your guy to go to. So I appreciate you having me. Welcome back to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. Thanks again to Cam Miller for joining the program today. Some really interesting stuff on BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. We'll follow Zach's story as we head into the 2021 calendar year and also as we look forward to the 2021 NFL Draft. Be sure to give Cam a follow on Twitter at Cam Miller. Before we wrap up the show today, I wanted to touch on some of the big news and notes in the National Football League, starting off with the Washington football team. Now, former Utah quarterback Alex Smith, we've touched on his story on the Yards After College podcast, the you know comeback and recovery that he's gone through. But some news came out of Washington's camp this week that Alex Smith is going to move up on the, the depth chart as we head into the fifth week of the NFL season. So what happened is the Washington football team, they ended up benching Dwayne Haskins, their young starting quarterback, uh, you know, potentially, you know, that that next franchise quarterback for the Washington football team. But he was benched by head coach Ron Rivera heading into this week. And now Alex Smith is going to be serving as the primary backup to Kyle Allen as the Washington football team takes on the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to cover this story pretty closely because if Alex takes the field, I mean, Think about what that means, not only for him on a personal level, but what a story that has been 
for the National Football League, for fans of football, fans of the University of Utah. Alex suffering you know, a horrific injury in 2018. To be able to get back to where he is, where he's on an active roster, is one thing. But to be able to take snaps in an NFL game, I don't know if in you know November of 2018, if you would have asked me if Alex Smith ever plays a down of football again, if I would have said yes. Because I think I would have probably said no after looking at that injury. And then since then, seeing the documentary Project 11 done by ESPN, seeing the photos and videos of that injury and the surgeries that he went through, it's a remarkable story. And uh, congratulations to Alex Smith for not only, you know, being where he's at right now, but potentially, you know, getting back onto the NFL stage, being able to, you know, potentially play in a game. Because really, at this point, he is a snap away from being the Washington football team's quarterback again. And you think back to when he was the quarterback in 2018, they were leading the division and looking at, you know, a potential playoff spot. So, and, you know, best of luck to Alex. I'd like to see him be able to play again in the NFL, and hopefully we can see that coming up later this season, if not this Sunday. As far as the national headlines are concerned, you've got the NFL, who's really, you know, taking some some stances in the last few weeks regarding the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 protocols, all of those things that, you know, are affecting not only our day-to-day lives with, you know, wearing masks when you go to the grocery store and whatnot, but these players and these coaches, they they are in a bubble, right? They're going home to their families. They're having to, you know, be responsible and they're coming back into team facilities. And so there's, there's many protocols and, uh, you know, rules and restrictions set up by the league to try and mitigate any issues with the virus. And, you know, through the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, we didn't see too many hiccups other than, you know, the, the reminders from the league to, uh, tell the the sideline personnel, the coaches to wear their face masks, face coverings during these games. But we've now seen the NFL take things a step further from reminders to now potentially, you know, causing, uh, you know, penalties to these teams based off of COVID-19, uh, you know, protocol violations, whether that be the possible forfeiture of games or draft picks, things like that. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because you've got now the Tennessee Titans who have been, you know, their game against the the Pittsburgh Steelers was moved from this last week from week four to later on in the season. You've also got the week four matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and New England Patriots, which was moved from Sunday to Monday night football. And then you've got now the Tennessee Titans have picked up a few more positive tests and their their week five matchup is now potentially in flux. And so we'll keep an eye on that on KSLSports.com. Uh, if you haven't read about the Tennessee Titans and what what's going on with their organization and COVID-19, uh, be sure to head over to KSLSports.com. We've got a few articles up on that situation because the NFL is looking at potential penalties for the Tennessee Titans because apparently there were several uh, you know protocols that were violated uh, in you know, multiple instances where the Titans you know didn't follow some of the league's COVID-19 restrictions so keep an eye on that story as we head into this weekend whether or not that game with the Titans is going to take place. And it's a big matchup for them because they're playing against the undefeated, the 4-0 Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Titans are 3-0 after not playing last week. So a pair of undefeateds, not very many undefeated teams left in the league. So it should be a good matchup if it does indeed take place on Sunday at 11 a.m. 
Uh, we'll actually look at now some of the uh, other games in the league because this this week has some good matchups, and uh, I think that you know there's a number of games that you know I, I feel like I say this every week that there's a number of games that could be the games of the week. Uh, this week you do have a couple of buys. It's the first bye week of the NFL season. Uh, you've got the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers who are not playing this week in week five, but you've got. You know, a pretty spectacular lineup on Sunday. You've got, I think, maybe the game of the week is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders 2-2 two and two on the season, and the Chiefs, my gosh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes uh, playing lights out so far. The Chiefs are 4-0, and and it's at home. It's at Kansas City where the Chiefs are 2-0 and this season. Another couple games to keep it your eye on is the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're traveling to the Windy City. They're going to take on the Chicago Bears. Both teams are 3-1 and one on the season. Uh, the Bucks, my gosh, I mean, they, they lost that first game, the opener to the New Orleans Saints, but they've won three straight. We'll see if they can pick up their fourth win in a row when they take on the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. Uh, that game's going to start at 6.20 Mountain Time. You can check that out. Uh, it looks like it's going to be on Fox and the NFL Network. On Sunday, you've also got another game that I'm interested in. I'll let you know right now that I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, but the Colts, they're 3-1 and this season. You've got the Browns, who are 3-1. and That game is at 2.25 on Sunday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which team comes out ahead on that because I feel like the the Colts, you know, they dropped that first game against the Jaguars. Uh, Julian Blackman's really playing well for that team uh, in their secondary. And then you've got the Browns, who I don't know if they're overachieving or they're just doing what people thought they were going to do a year ago uh, because they're 3-1 and one and they're looking pretty nice so far. Odell Beckham Jr. had a big game last week, but they're down Nick Chubb at running back uh, in this Week 5 matchup. So Kareem Hunt is going to step in at running back for the Browns. Sunday Night Football, you've got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are 4-0. Uh, you've got that game at 6.20 p.m. on Sunday. That's going to be available for you to watch on KSL TV. And then on Monday night, you've got the Los Angeles Chargers, who are 1-3 and three on the season, but just announced that Justin Herbert, their rookie quarterback from Oregon, is now going to be the team's starting quarterback moving forward. And then they're taking on the Saints, who are 2-2 two and two this season. Uh, we've got a piece up on kslsports.com right now about the Saints and Taysom Hill, their backup quarterback, uh, unrivaled, KSL's unrivaled. They talked about that on their radio program. Uh, has Taysom Hill lost his luster in New Orleans? Uh, go ahead and check that piece out at kslsports.com and then check out that game on Monday at 6.15 Mountain Time. That's going to be available for you on ESPN. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Yards After College podcast. Be sure to follow KSL Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, be sure to comment. Join the conversation. We've got the KSL Sports front page every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. where you can join that live Facebook live uh, broadcast to comment and kind of discuss the news and notes of the day. You can also you know, chime in on you know Facebook comments, reply to us on Twitter, uh, we'd love to have you join the conversation as we talk about all of these things, not only you know the national stories, the big stories, but the teams that you care about locally, whether it be BYU, Utah, Utah State, the Jazz, RSL, you name it, we've got it covered for you on kslsports.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kyle Ireland and then on Instagram at Kyle Ireland KSL. 
We'll be back again next week to wrap up week number five of the 2020 NFL season. Until then, this has been the Yards After College podcast, powered by kslsports.com. Thank you.